I'm Nana Fintolvik for Biz News. A white paper on the jobs of tomorrow by the World Economic Forum has examined the potential impact of large language models on jobs and how we work. It says the integration of LLMs and artificial intelligence, or AI, will present a paradigm shift with information by extension of how we work. It could lead to significant productivity gains and creation of new jobs. That's the good thing about it. But what many people are concerned about is the risk of potential job displacement and that it could exasperate socioeconomic disparities, which is of particular concern to us in South Africa. Well, with me to unpack that is um, Anne Rutledge. She is the Executive Director, Talent Solutions at Resorgenics. Very topical that we're speaking today. And hi, how are you? Thank you for having me back again. And yes, it's a, I think it's a topic that's um, Everybody's talking about it at the moment. I think you re- read about it everywhere that you turn, having business conversations with um, different companies and, and companies and things like that. It's, it's definitely a topic that um, is on everybody's minds. So very excited to talk about it and, and, and you know, just giving some insights into how we've experienced it as well. Yeah, well, how have you experienced? How, are people worried? Um, I think from most of the workforce, it is a concern of, you know, what does this mean for us? How do we embrace it? How do we use it? But there's also the other element of it that it has helped to increase productivity. People who are wanting to upskill themselves into different products, into different technologies, into different services, even or sometimes changing careers, it definitely helped. AI can help with those mundane tasks, processing, you know, the, the typical admin data capturing, that type of thing. You can speed it up so much quicker, uh, but yes, it does have the elements of you know people being scared that they're going to be displaced from their jobs. And I think how to counteract that, a lot of organizations are starting to look at how do you upskill or reskill your workforce. And um, you know, from our perspective, we've embraced AI technology. We've put it into a lot of our processes within the recruitment. We utilize it for our clients and all of that, and it definitely made an impact. And what we've seen with our employees is that they're embracing it and then looking at other opportunities because it frees up their time to do other things that are more important within the process. So it's finding that balance, I think, of, you know, where does it make sense to use it? How will it improve your operations? How will it improve your, your efficiencies? And then looking at, okay, so now that you've improved it, what can we do and how can we make it better? And that's really where we've come from as well. And that's what we've seen with a lot of the companies. Well, do you think companies in South Africa are ready? Are they embracing it? I don't know if we are ready, <laughs> but we have to be ready. It's something that's coming It's coming into the world. It's not going to go away. You know, it, it's there. It's being utilized. You know, it definitely is part of our lives. If we think about the younger workforce coming into into the work world as well, a lot of them have been using this type of technology and digital age most of their lives. So if you want to attract that talent, you know, for the next generation, you your company needs to be ready to take that on and you need to give them those opportunities. And I think that's where learning and development and growth opportunities is important from a from an organization perspective. You know, being able to reskill or upskill your individuals and giving them that opportunity to learn different technologies and the AI is important. Yes, you've got one certain skill that you learned and you you studied for and you did all of that, but you can improve continuously and it's that continuous learning uh, mindset 
that individuals need to have. So we have to be ready for it. So we have to embrace it. Well, do you think some people will resist it because they will say, why am I going to do that? It's going to take my job. I think you do have an element. I mean, individuals, people as individuals uh, don't like change. It's just the way we are. Uh, You know, a lot of people say, yes, I'm open to change. I'm good at change. But actually, both within us as people, we don't like change. So it is a change. And it's about how you take your employees down that journey how you help them to understand it, how you help them to show that it improves their ability to perform their duties. And it's baby steps, I think, as well. You don't want to just automate everything. You've got to be careful as well of how you integrate those automation tools and the AI into your processes because there is other risks around it as well, things like data privacy, things like uh, within South Africa, the Poppy Act and you know how that impacts things as well. And cyber attacks, because then you're exposing your organization to, you know, different, uh, the internet, the world of internet networking, that type of thing, which again, gives different opportunities from a reskilling and upskilling. How are you upskilling your your individuals in understanding the importance of your data and data privacy and things like that as well? So there's other elements of the AI automation that comes into it as well. Well, we looked at these university students in the Northern Hemisphere going back and chat GPT, the traffic on it has increased substantially. So I've been wondering, you know, as journalists, we obviously test these models all the time and to see, can they write a CV and can they write an intro? And a lot of people say it's quite nice, but it it really hypes it. And it's kind of like an American way that it does it and really, you know, shouting to the rooftops. What do you find in your industry? Are people using that to write their CVs? That's GBT has definitely changed a lot of the way that things done. But really, and I think that's a message when we communicate with a lot of our candidates, uh, you know, when we're screening them and that type of thing, is that it takes away a bit of the creativity as well. Uh, you know, introducing yourself from a bio is about you and it's how we understand you as an individual, not just about your skills. And I think that's important. You know, it, it, yes, it's about skills, but we also need to understand who the person is. And when you start using tools like ChatGPT, you take away that human creativity around it. It also exaggerates things. Uh, you know, it does exaggerate things. But yes, anybody can be a writer at the moment. Anybody can very quickly put out a, a, a CV, a resume and all of that. But I think they need to embrace it and use it more as a, a template, a guide to help them on how to do it rather than taking it word for word. Because that can be dangerous, especially when we're screening candidates and things like that. It is easier to pick those things up when that happens. And that's also, you know, from an AI automation perspective, the human touch, the human element will never go away. And I think that's a fear from people. You know, you don't want to always want to just chat to a chatbot. You don't want to chat to, you know, just have an automated message all the time. You know, all of those. You want to talk to a person. So it's having that human touch, that human element. So when you're looking at your writing, how you're putting things together in terms of your CV when you're applying for a job, that cover letter, all of those kind of things, it, it, it's important to bring your personal touch to it. And, and that's what we, our advice to our candidates are, is, you know, use it as a guideline, but don't use it word for word, if I can put it that way. And remember, what goes into ChatGBT as well, it's there. It's there for the, it's being trained. So it's there. You know, people forget your data privacy is now also excluded because you now are putting it out there. So you've got to consider that as well. 
Well, definitely don't add your name. <laughs> definitely not. Exactly. Yeah. Are there concerns about AI writing tools in your industry? It, uh, when I say concerns, it's more around utilizing it in the most ethical and effective way. I think that's the most important thing. With any technology, you know, embracing it and using it to make your your ability to do your tasks and ability to do your, your role and everything well is a good thing. But it's about how do you use it ethically? How do you use it in the right way? And that's important, you know, and, and making sure that you are protecting yourself from a data privacy perspective, from a cyber attack perspective, all of those kind of things. But in the same breath, also making sure that you're not ignoring it because it's not going to go away. You know, you need to find ways to work with it. Is the recruitment industry worried it's coming for their jobs? I mean, there's so many tools out there at the moment um, do AI matching from a, um, a screening perspective, which is wonderful. And especially when you're doing bulk screening of candidates, when you've got volumes of candidates, being able to automate certain questions when you're screening, being able to automate certain matching skills and things like that, it definitely does make a difference. And it makes you more efficient. It's a time saver more than anything else. So you can very quickly screen those candidates, get the, get the, 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 the resumes out to the client, but it's important to have those conversations with the client. That screening process and that talking to people is always important. So one of the things we've introduced as well is, you know, have that initial discussion with the candidate, understand who they are. You know, you lose out, uh, although you have AR matching, you know, your job skills to, to your resume and what the requirements are to your resume, you might miss out on that gem of a candidate or that talent because you haven't spoken to the individual and maybe they didn't put their CV together correctly, but actually they are a very good potential candidate. So we really make sure that we try and make sure that they the understand the importance of that. Well, um, I've seen chats um, on, on the web about people who say that they get screened out because of these bots, you know, especially if there's thousands of, of candidates. And yeah. then there are these so-called tricks to make sure you don't get screened out. And how do you make sure that you just said that you don't miss that gem if there are thousands of candidates? You know, the recruitment industry has always been under the firing line for things like that around, you know, people not getting back to them. They get out screened even before AI. So it's always a topic that's come up. It is an element and, and we need to make be conscious of it as well. But again, it comes down to when you're setting up that automated questions, when you're setting up that screening process, you need to constantly review what you're doing. So review how you have set it up, review how the automated questions are to understand that you are not out screening people that you that you really want. And then, yes, you will have the individuals who know how to circumvent it. <laughs> but when you start talking into them and having those conversations, you'll very quickly pick up that they circumvented the whole thing and that's how they came about. So again, it comes back to the human touch. And, and I think for individuals understanding that yes ai is there automation is there technology is there embrace this but don't ever think that the human element will be taken away that is such an important piece of it and, and we definitely within our organization embrace that as we need to have conversations it's not even about the typical interview if i could put it that way it's about a conversation who are you what have you done what are your skills what are your aspirations you know what have you worked on? 
And once we start understanding that individual, that's how you find that great talent. So what about somebody who says, this is all good and well, you're talking about companies and upskilling, and it's always on people who are already in jobs. I do not have a job. How do I upskill myself to be ready for this wave that it's come? I mean, there's a lot of learning and training organizations within South Africa that do offer um, short courses, uh, learnership, uh, you know, internship, assist in upskilling the individuals and doing that. I mean, we know within South Africa with our higher unemployment rate, being able to provide those learnership opportunities and those intern opportunities is important. And so really, I mean, from our side, we would encourage people to look at those learning opportunities, apply to those learnerships and those internships and embrace the ability to learn and upskill and, and in some instances also reskill uh, yourself into something different. There's a lot of companies that are, do offer those, those internships with, you know, d- throughout the whole year and really do that. There's also a lot of online courses that you can take as well to upskill yourself as well on that. There's quite a few academies that offer really affordable sort of learning opportunities and courses that you can join and you can upskill yourself through that. And, you know, when we talk to our candidates when they're unemployed, you know, it's one of the things that we encourage them to do while you're looking for employment, use the opportunity to upskill yourself. You know, join different online courses, look at different opportunities within a learning environment. I mean, if you just look at YouTube as well, there's so much learning on there that you can do, but also be careful of what you look at as well because, it can be incorrect. So that balance of that as well. Yeah, go for something credible. Yes. Let's say the credible and understanding that that's what it is there as well. But if I can go back to that World Economic Forum, they listed some jobs that might be at risk. They talk about 23% of global jobs will change in the next five years. What kind of jobs in South Africa are endangered by this great wave of artificial intelligence? look at any sort of role where there's very similar mundane processing type of tasks, those are the ones that will be impacted the most because there's a lot of automation that can be done with those jobs. You know, data capturing, for example, you know, you can very easily automate the data capturing process, capture the data into it. In fact, we use robotic process automation within our organization to do some of those mundane tasks as well. You know, so it does uh, make a difference there. If you look at uh, some finance roles as well, you know, there's a lot of different tools available that do some of that um, sort of mundane, also again, processing tasks uh, like, you know, capturing your invoices, you know, creditors, debtors, that type of thing. But it, it all comes down to a lot of it being your processing type of elements. And Candidates and employees need to understand that, that that is coming and it's how you embrace it. Because if you're able to take away, I'll use the recruitment industry for as an example, if you can take away capturing a CV manually in a specific format to send to a client, that gives you more time to go look for that top talent. So how do you use, utilize those tools to help you to be more productive? It was also interesting, I looked at the jobs that are not in danger. It seems to be education is good, career counsellors, 
clergy, paralegals, legal assistants, home health aides. So there are jobs that are very much in demand. So would you um, suggest to people go for those jobs and what would they be in South Africa? In South Africa, I think we found that we've got a really big demand on IT skills, um, technology skills, your your developers, your DevOps, your, you know, those type of things. And, and that leads in very well with uh, what's happening with the AI automation and things like that. Uh, I mean, some of the ones that you mentioned, like legal and things like that, that's human in element. It's how you interact with that with humans and, and having those discussions and things like that. A lot of the, the roles that people, you know, need to look at, even from a finance perspective, you know, there's always a need for those chartered accountants for, you know, the, the financial thinking behind it that you need to, to, to really look at and, and look at ways of how do you get into those kind of roles as well. We do in South Africa, however, have a scarcity of skills, as we know. You know, we're always looking for that top talent within IT, within finance, within engineering. That's another item as well. Those are the types of roles that really are scarce in South Africa and younger generation coming in looking at that type of thing as well. So what would your advice be to younger people? Go and look for these kind of careers. Don't have your mind set on a career and then you actually find <clears throat> you might be replaced in a couple of years. It's a difficult question kind of answer in a way. Really because, you know, individuals have got career aspirations. They've got, you know, things that they would like to do. Like everybody when they're growing up, I want to do this, I want to be that. I want to be a doctor, I want to be a vet, I want to be an accountant. You know, you've got those kind of things. And and it's difficult to say move away from those dreams, but look at those roles and look at what is out there at the moment that is automating, that is, that's got some AI into it. You know, what is the future looking? Do your research around that and then complement what you are studying and what you are doing with that. And that makes you more marketable out in the market uh, when you do that, because if you can understand how you can bring AI and automation into your role and make it more productive, you make yourself a lot more marketable and not and clients want that. And I think when you look at your hiring companies and you know the companies looking at, at talent, they're looking for those individuals that have interchangeable skills that they can also reskill and upskill into different roles and into different opportunities within the organization. And I'm sure there's future jobs that we haven't even thought about that are going to come down the line as well. <laughs> I mean, for example, we never thought about before using robotics process automation, for example, that you would have somebody behind that programming and training those that RPA to do the main day tasks. So that same person who did the data capturing, for example, could be that person who's programming that RPA to do the task. So, you know, it's just how you rethink it from a different perspective. Well, we never thought there would be influencers. Influencers, <laughs> that's another one as well. I mean, yeah, uh, influencers and how that's taken over the world and how that's done as well. Uh, you know, it's really an important. I think even from your side, from a you know journalist perspective, you've got access to so many different tools now as well, which helps in, in making you more productive and more efficient as well. It does. I see it as my junior assistant. Virtual <laughs> <laughs> assistant, that's another well, one that's, that's coming up a lot. Well, the way it writes is definitely junior assistant. It's still, <laughs> but, but it's learning. That's the, that's the problem. It's learning every day. 
I've learned every day. And soon, soon it's going to be a, a senior assistant for you. That's what I'm worried about. Because <laughs> I say editors are one on that list, the World Economic Forum that they say might be in danger. So that's quite an interesting one. Yeah, but even if you think about that as well, Linda, I mean, this type of conversation that I'm having with you, that can't happen from an AI perspective. Yeah. You know, this is important. And that's where it comes down to is finding that balance between having the human interaction, having those conversations and, and having that creativity. Because this is where the creativity comes from as well when you talk to people. That automation is not going to take that away. The other thing I'm kind of thinking is, so first of all, there's going to be these skills in kind of tech people, AI, but soft skills are actually more important because that's the one thing machines can't do. Absolutely. And definitely we've started looking at a lot more requirements coming through from companies about looking at the softer skills. Things like communication becomes really, really important. Uh, you know, often we find between tech teams and the business owners, you know, being able to communicate with them and understanding their requirements is important. So they've got the technical expertise, but they've got the the need and whatever and trying to understand. So communication is definitely something. Problem solving skills from a soft skills perspective that's very important. The ability to analyze, you know, the issue the the, the what's in front of you and being able to problem solve that in a critical and non-critical manner as well, you know, to get to the best uh, ability and the best answer. And then um, AI has brought about the ability to bring so much data points together, but what, and yes, you can train it to analyze the data, but again, it can only be trained so much. You need people who are able to analyze data and look at the predictive analytics and what does that mean from a strategy perspective? What does that mean from a future perspective to make those decisions to take a, your organization forward, and then as individuals from your career, taking that forward as well. So those kind of softer skills are definitely coming through. Analytics, communication, and problem solving. We've seen that as more of a, a soft skills requirement coming through. South Africa has become quite a good outsourcing place. Yes. How yes. would AI affect the outsourcing business? So what we've seen, obviously, in South Africa, you're absolutely right. We've become a destination from a business processing outsourcing. It's cost-effective. Our language barriers are less to the rest of the world as well. So it definitely has, we see that uptake in that in the, mar- in, in the market as well. What we found is with an AI perspective, you know, there's a lot of chatbots that comes in from a, if you look at call centers, for example, you know, having that menu coming in to say, you know, how can I help you? And, you know, voice recognition and all of those kind of things has definitely improved the ability to have those discussions with the companies and interactions with the companies. But what we've also seen is that people want to talk to people, you know. <laughs> so you can go through that menu and you can push one for this, push two for that. But there's a lot of individuals who don't want to do that and they want to talk to the individual. They want that personal interaction. That's all there. Uh, and it will happen. But I think, you know, introducing those initial interactions to help speed things up is important. So it does speed it up. So, you, you know, being able to, if it's a simple question, uh, like a simple thing like, uh, and I use myself as an example, resetting a password, for example, I, I can use an automated app that just helps me to reset my password. I don't necessarily need to speak to somebody for that. Of course. But, you know, it's other instances I do want to speak to somebody. 
keep in mind, do not worry about your job security and things like that. Look at the human element and the human touch, but embrace AI technology in order to make you more productive, more efficient. Thank you, Anne Radlich. So nice speaking to you. Thank you very much. It's been awesome to speak to you too.